Hi, everybody, and thank you for listening today to Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. You're listening probably on your own, and so we'll just call you Beloved Friends. I am so glad that you listened to the broadcast as I share my heart and the Word of God with you. We're studying the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ and we'll be in chapter 19. Please listen to the previous broadcast. You say, man, we missed some chapters. Well, there's a specific reason and let me give you the reason right now. Revelation chapter 1 verse 19 is our outline the Holy Spirit gives to us. First of all, there's a blessing, chapter 1 and verse 3, if we will read it, hear it, and keep the words of this book. Then chapter 19 is the Holy Spirit's outline, write the things which thou hast seen, chapter 1. The things which are, chapter one is all about the glorified Jesus and his person and his work. It's a powerful passage. Go back in our teachings as I share all through chapter one. You'll learn so much about Jesus. Then chapters two and three is all about the church age, the church era, which I believe we are in the final days. There are some that fall into the category of churches and believers like Philadelphia. They stay true to the word of God. And there are some that are like the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea was known for their lukewarmness. Not hot, not cold, just wanted to be mediocre. I trust that's not the desire of your heart. Then chapter four and five is the portion of hereafter, and it takes us up into heaven, and we actually see a glimpse of the throne of God, the 24 elders, the angels, the living creatures. It's just a beautiful description of God's throne. Chapter five is where John sees the heavenly administration and then there's a scroll and in this scroll there are seven seals on the scroll rather it's written on the front and on the back and we shared with you that they asked who was worthy to open that book and no one was found worthy and then John begins to weep and then one of the elders says don't weep John He says, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. That's Jesus. So we have the Lamb of God, who is the Lion of Judah, and he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, chapter 5, verse 5. Then as we did study chapter 6, it takes us into Daniel's 70th week, and that is the seven-year tribulation. You need to also study with us a few 
broadcasts back where I took Daniel 9, 24 to 27 and gave an exposition. Chapter 6 is the first portion of the tribulation which will come upon all the world. I do believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church, not the building, but the body of true believers. You say, well, I disagree with you. Well, we'll find out whenever Jesus comes, who's right about that. But till then, I'm not gonna argue with that or debate about it. I don't debate about things that I just hold in my heart to be true. And so, also in chapter six, remember, is all about the tribulation. Well, for chapters six down to 18, it's all about the tribulation. So, because the church is not going through it, there will be tribulation saints. We'll talk about them at another time, Lord willing. But in those chapters, I just want you to know that you as a believer will be exempt from the tribulation, not tribulation as far as trials, etc. Chapter 17 and 18, the political religious system is known as Babylon. And there is the great harlot who rides, it's a woman who rides on the uh, back of the beast. and. In the initial part of the revelation, uh, in the tribulation rather, uh, she is the one that is the political, the commercial, and the religious portion of the life during that seven-year period. But the Antichrist will turn on her because he wants all the glory and all the praise to himself, and he will devour her. So it's a lot of darkness in chapters 6 to 18. But now we come to chapter 19, and I gave you a little bit of the first few verses the last time. And let's just look at those right now. And after these things what we found out in chapter 6 to 18, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia. For the next few verses, there are four major Alleluias. Some say that this passage of scripture is what inspired the Hallelujah Chorus. But the much people in heaven are saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor. Honor is also value and power dunamis unto the Lord our God. I believe these are saints in heaven. It says much people, saints in heaven. There are Old Testament saints, there are tribulation saints, and there are what we would refer to as the New Testament saints, of which you and I are a part of that. But it tells that we're singing Alleluia, praise to the Lord our God. Verse two, there's a lot of the wrath of God going on 
in chapters 6 to 18 is finally our God who, yes, is a God of love, but he's also a just God. And the false religious systems and the Antichrist system has shed a lot of blood of believers. And so the Lord is pouring out his wrath on all those evil individuals. And so verse two, it says, though he's not unjust to do that, for true and righteous, God always does what's true. He always does what's righteous. You may feel right now that the world is being unjust to you, and it is. But God's righteousness and his judgments are always true. For he hath judged the great harlot, that's that political, religious, commercial system, God will judge all of that one day. And it tells us in Revelation 17 and 18 that Babylon is burning and the smoke goes up forever. It says, which did corrupt the earth. There's an evil system right now. Satan himself, evil spirits, corrupting our youth, corrupting our people. You can see it all over the media. There's great corruption going on, leading people into sin, leading them down the Broadway, which leads to destruction. And it says they are this um, great harlot is the one which corrupted the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Who did that? The one who is just and righteous and true, and he will stand up for his servants. That's the believers and all those that have lost their lives for the cause of Jesus. Chapter 6, we learned all about them. Those are the tribulation saints, slain for receiving the Lord and not receiving the mark of the beast. Will there be people saved during the tribulation? And the answer is yes, because there will be 144,000 Messianic Jewish evangelists will be going out and sharing the gospel. But if you receive Christ, it will cost you your life because the Antichrist will say, you either receive my mark or you'll be hunted down and slain. Verse three, and again they said, Alleluia. So whenever God does something wonderful, majestic, right, powerful, true, and righteous, just praise him. You might think we're losing right now. We're not losing. It's like the ball game where the little boy was in the outfield and it looked like they were losing 19 to nothing. And somebody said, little boy, aren't you discouraged? And he said, no. He said, why? He said, we haven't got up to bat yet. And when God gets up to really show his glory. There will be men and kings and powerful people that will be running to the mountains to escape 
the wrath of the Lamb. So this powerful God of ours has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, verse 3, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. She was so proud of all of her accomplishments and all of her wealth and all of her architecture and all of her evil, but it's all becoming, it's all going to become a, just a, an ash heap. Verse four in the four and 20 elders, remember them from chapters four and five, and the four beasts or four actual living creatures fell down and worshiped God. You see, worshiping isn't just going to church and singing heart-touching praise songs and worship songs, though that's a good part of it and a wonderful part of it if your heart's in the right place. But it says the four and twenty elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God. I trust that you're worshipping God now. I trust that your heart is a heart of true worship toward our Lord, that you're not worshiping the world in this false system. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So they worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Alleluia. So you see, we have these continuous Alleluias. Isn't that beautiful? That's the third one right there in verse four. And as we continue, let's go to verse five. In verse five, it says, and a voice came out of the throne saying, praise our God. Now, this most likely isn't the Lord himself, but a mighty angel saying, Praise our God, leading us to worship. It says, all ye his servants. Are you a servant of the Lord today? You can't serve God and mammon, so I trust that you are a servant of the Lord. All ye his saints and ye that fear him, both small and great. You might feel right now in this world, I'm just a nobody. I don't make a lot of money. I don't have a powerful position or a huge ministry, and I, I'm not known around the world. Well, even the small are great in God's sight. Verse six, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of many thunderings saying, Alleluia, here's our fourth one. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. See, people think that believers are losing, Christians are losing, they're being martyred, that Christianity is in a downturn. But in the very end, we win. In the end of the book, we win. And the Lord God, who you received as your Savior, who you've been following, and if you're not following him, you really need to, because he's coming soon. The Lord God, omnipotent, 
omnipotence is he's all powerful and he reigns. He's reigning now, but he will reign and demonstrate his reign over everyone and everything. Remember, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Verse seven, listen to this because it's so beautiful. We all like beautiful parties and celebrations and weddings and all, but it says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come. Now listen very carefully to this. Christ died on the cross, was buried, rose again. And in this life, this period we call time, if you receive Christ, you became a part of the bride of Christ. He's our groom and you became married to Christ. So the union is already set. We belong to him. We're not only a child of God, we're part of the bride of Christ. But here in verse seven, doesn't that seem unusual? The marriage of the lamb has come. Well, the word here is the same word that is used, G-A-M-O-S, for the marriage supper of the lamb. Remember in John, where Jesus turned the water into wine at a marriage celebration? Well, that's what it's talking about. We'll have one in heaven that will eclipse every imaginable festive thing you've ever been to. And it says, and his bride or his wife had made herself ready. Are you preparing now for Jesus to come? Are you getting rid of the things in your heart, your mind, and your life that don't belong there? Let's get ready for the coming of Jesus. It says, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Think of a beautiful bride in the most beautiful white dress, clean and white for fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. I'm gonna share something with you in our next broadcast about the traditions that we see in the marital ceremony. There are several. I'll go over them just for one moment now. There was the marriage contract and in these times it was um, done by the parents actually, but the contract for us was done at the cross of Jesus Christ. And then number two, the bridegroom would um, come with his party and escort the bride to his home. That would be the rapture of the church. And then once he's home, they would have the marriage supper or the wedding feast like in John the second chapter. And then do you know what's coming after that? One of the most powerful events in all the world. And you know what that is? That is the second coming of Jesus Christ in glory where he returns with his saints 
The rapture was seven years earlier. This is the return of Christ in glory. Talked about in Matthew 24. Talked about in Zechariah chapter 12. Zechariah chapter 14. Well, hasn't this been incredible to learn these things? And we'll learn more in our next broadcast. This broadcast was sponsored by our wonderful friend, Mike Green, a believer. And if you have a special event coming up, he has a company called A Platinum Plus Limousines. You want to ride somewhere fancy for a holiday, a dinner, an anniversary, something for Christmas, a ball game, anything like that? Call a believer, call Mike, and he will set you up in just some magnificent automobiles that he has and do something special for your mate or your loved ones this holiday season if you can. Call Mike Green at 410-410-796-7433. He's one of our sponsors a great gentleman, 410-796-7433, and Mike Green will bring you a limousine. Finally, as we close the broadcast today, if you're without Christ and you'd like to receive him, will you pray with me this prayer and mean it from your heart? There are a lot of people that disdain this prayer, but it really is effective. It changed my life when I was a young boy. I prayed it sincerely. I repented of my sins. Let me lead it, lead you in it. Pray with me. If you're even unsure of your salvation, pray with me. Dear Lord, I realize that I am a sinner. Not just the things that I do, but by position. And Lord, I repent of my sins. I change my mind, my will, and my direction, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to contact us, my email is charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. Maybe you have a prayer request. Maybe you want to share something with me. You can do that. I read them all and I pray over every individual that lets me know they have a prayer need. And if you'd like to underwrite this broadcast, a portion of anything that you would send, and I'll give you details if you email me, um, goes to missions. Particularly at our church right now, where I attend with Anita, we um, are giving to some Kingdom Builders projects. A portion of whatever you send us, we will invest in another ministry as well. God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening today. And this is Pastor Earl with Faith Life with Pastor Earl and friends. God bless you. I love you.